Hey, and welcome to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. Here you'll find a teaching for your life from God's Word by Pastor Wes Aram. So, let's get to it. All right, grab your Bibles, open up to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. It's the first book in the New Testament, either with your hard copy that you brought or on your electronic device, or there is a Bible in the pew holder in front of you. So Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be looking at uh, some verses out there. Also, on your song sheets on the back, there are some notes. Uh, I want you to be aware of that tonight. There's some fill-in-the-blank stuff. Uh, it's going to be uh, pretty important because where we're going Tonight, so I want you to have that in front of you as well. And I've uh, listed some verses there that I'm going to be referencing uh, tonight so that you can, uh, so you can look at that. Okay? Great. All right. So, ha, let's start this way. About two and a half years ago, Connie, my wife, and myself, we found ourselves in a, a place that we never thought we'd be in a million years. It, uh, it was uh, unbelievable to, to me and to us, and we just couldn't even imagine that we were in the spot that we were in. And so we started praying. And we said, God, what, what do you want from, from us? Because my life, in my mind, was going this way, and it took a hard left turn. And we're like, God, we have no idea what is going on. And so, and you guys know most of the story, but our personal uh, time with the Lord was just, we were just going after God. Man, we were just like, what do you want, God? So we, we sought God. We spent time together reading the Bible in prayer. We talked to a lot of people. We had lots of conversations about different things. And one of the things we talked to a lot of people about was church. And, uh, and so long story short, uh, in January, January 8th, uh, God um, put it on our hearts and on many of your hearts. And we launched officially Vintage Church of Buffalo uh, this year, January 8th. Uh, meeting, obviously, here, and Pastor Mike, the pastor uh, of this church, the congregation, Grace and Truth, so kind to allow us to rent this facility on, on Sunday nights. And so we named it Vintage because uh, that means back to the original. Because we wanted to say, God, what is it that you want for your church? Church is God's idea. Lord, it's your idea. What is it that you want for your church, that which you started in this world, to make your name great? And so that's why we call it Vintage Church of Buffalo. And so we went back to God's Word, and in Acts 2.42, when the church launched, the early church, when the first church launched, when God launched it, this is what they devoted themselves to. Acts 2.42 says this, They, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Four things they gave themselves to. And it wasn't casual. That word devoted is intense and it's intentional. They gave themselves. Man, they were all in. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's God's word. That's the truth. Okay, To fellowship. That word actually means participation in. Okay, So participation in the, the, the mission of God together. All right, The breaking of bread. That is the building of community and prayer. So those are the four things that the early church gave themselves to. And so those are the four things that we, as a church, want to give ourselves to. And so we have, to that end, have come up with this vision statement, mission statement, whatever you want to call it. This is why we exist. Okay, that's why on the top of the paper it says Vision Sunday, for lack of a better term, because that, that term, I think, has been overused and abused. But uh, this is why this church exists. And it's this. And you have some fill-in-the-blanks there. Say, we want to be a community, that's your first fill-in, community of believers. Okay, we want to be a community of believers who are passionately loving, that's your second blank, loving and following, that's your third blank, Jesus. 
We want to be a community of believers who are passionately loving and following Jesus and helping, that's your fourth blank, helping others to do the same. So if you want to know what this church is all about and what we're trying to accomplish and why we believe God has put us on this planet, in this place, in this space, this is it right here. We want to be a community of believers who are passionately loving and following Jesus and helping others to do the same under God's authority and for His glory. Okay? So first we want to be a community of believers. Believers are those people who have said yes to Jesus. They've said, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe Jesus came. He died for me. He paid the price for my sins on the cross, was buried, raised three days later. The resurrection proved that He was who He claimed to be, conquering sin, hell, death, and the grave was seen by hundreds of witnesses and then ascended to the Father and He comes to you and to me through His Word and offers us the gift of eternal life. Life that never ends. It's a relationship with God. It starts the moment we invite Christ into our lives. We say yes to Jesus and it continues on forever, for eternity, in a place so spectacular that even on the cross, Jesus called it paradise because He looked at the thief and says, Today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. And that's what we've been talking about in the past. We've talked about how to become a believer. You'll hear it every single time you hear me speak because I don't want anyone to miss out. It's the greatest thing that you can know is have a relationship with God through Jesus. You realize you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You're good. will never be good enough. You turn. You realize that Jesus died on the cross for you. He paid for your sins and he offers you eternal life. You turn from your sin and repentance and you invite Christ in and you give yourself to him. Instantly he forgives you sin. He gives you life from death, eternal life. You have a relationship with God and then you start to walk in purpose with Him. So, first, we are a community of believers. People who have said yes to Jesus because we realize that death is not the end, right? Death is just a change in location. That's all it is. It's a change in location and you're going to spend your forever in one of two places, either with God in heaven or apart from God in hell. And so believers are those who said yes to Jesus. I believe your word. believe what you say is true. I say yes to you. I'm going to follow you. I accept you into my life. When that happens, God puts you, he puts me into what he calls the body of Christ or into a community. All right. We come together as brothers and sisters. We have a stake in the game. We have skin in the game because we are related because we have the same father. We are a community. So when we gather together, we gather here to love Jesus, to encourage one another towards Him, to cheer one another on, to lift one another up when we're struggling. We come together to be real because we're not here to just check a box and we're definitely not here to play a religious game. We are not going to do that. Jesus hated that. You want proof of that? Look at Matthew 6. Look at Matthew 6. Look at verse 1. Jesus is speaking. He says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. Go down to verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Anybody who says, yeah, Jesus was just a really nice guy and just a good teacher and he was like cuddly and soft and he never offended anybody, read your Bible, all right? Because Jesus was coming with the truth, man. Why? Because he loves us and he knows that we need the truth. Matthew 
Uh, continue, uh, chapter 23, listen to verse 25 through 28. Listen to what he says here. Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgent. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He was throwing heaters here. This wasn't not like, hey, let me give you a little pep talk for self-esteem. That was not this at all. Jesus was just laying out the truth. You know why? Because he is not about religious games. He's like, it is not okay to say, I'm one way on the outside, but I'm different on the inside. Hey, I'll present myself as righteous and altogether and holy, but inside I've got sin and I'm rotting, and I've got secret sins. Jesus said, that is not okay. That is not okay. And so we, as a church, we don't want to be like that. Because Jesus said, don't be like that. So we don't want to be like that. So when we gather together, we want to encourage one another on. We want to lift one another up. We want to be honest with God because He knows everything and He's the only one who can fix it, right? And we want to be real with one another. We want to be authentic with one another. And we realize that our junk in our lives, our own struggles, disqualifies us from judging other people. Now that is not to say that we shy away from accountability because the Bible calls us to hold one another accountable because that's what real love is. Right? Galatians, I have it written down for you, Galatians 6, 1 through 2, says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. How different is that from the culture in which we live? culture in which we live is trying to redefine love. Love equals approval. If you love me, you will approve of what I'm really all about and what I want. That's crazy, right? How many of you parents approved of everything your kids did all the time? That would not be good parenting, right? Because one of our jobs as parents is to step in the way of our children wanting to do evil, right? The Bible tells us that God is love, 1 John 4. And in 1 Corinthians 13, in describing love, Paul says, love does not do evil, it does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices in the truth, right? And love always protects, always protects. That is our job as parents and that is our job as brothers and sisters. So when we gather together, you know what? We cheer each other on, we realize we all have struggles. And if you've had a rough day, come in and tell somebody you've had a rough day and let's pray about it. If you've had a great day, Praise God. Tell somebody it might encourage someone else. But we're going to be real with God. We're going to be real with one another because that's what a community of brothers and sisters are. Okay? And that, we're not going to play games. We're not going to, hey, I am not going to be okay with, and I don't want us to be okay with just coming in and checking a box. Hey, I'm doing my, my duty. I'm, I'm showing up on Sunday. You know, isn't that great? <clears throat> Thanks for playing. But no, it's not great. Okay? And it's not what God wants. He wants us to come in together to be a community of believers to encourage one another towards Christ. And we continue, community of believers who are, who, that's an individual word. Why? Because every single one of us has a role to play. Every single one of us. You are the church. I am the church. We are the bride of Christ as believers. We have a role to play to help accomplish what God wants in our community of believers and outside of it. You have a role to play. So when you come in, 
Here on a Sunday, you have a role to play to encourage someone, to love people around you, to pray for people around you, to be honest with what's going on in your life. We have that with one another. We have that responsibility. Who are, as we continue, who are, not used to be, not I was at one time, this is right here. I'm choosing this now and I'm not going to stop. What are you choosing? What are we choosing? A community of believers who are passionately, all right? Not apathetic, all right? Not just, hey, I'm going to be casual about it. No, man. That is intentional energy and focus, like, I'm going for it. Who are passionately loving and following Jesus. Loving, the greatest command. Following, the greatest invitation. The greatest command, the greatest invitation. To love God with everything we've got and to follow Jesus. Jesus says, follow me. Come to me. When you become a believer, you are following a person. You're not first and foremost following a set of beliefs or doctrines. All of those are wrapped up in Jesus and who he's declared himself to be in the word. So we're following a person. Are you? Are you following Jesus? Because if you are, if I am, it's going to show up in our lives. There's going to be obvious activity in our lives towards Christ. For example, if Sally, if I say, hey, I'm following Sally, and uh, she leaves the building and I stand right here and go, hey, I'm following Sally, you know, and she gets in her car and I'm like, hey, I'm following Sally. And she drives down the road. And I'm like, hey, I'm following Sally. And I'm standing right here. Am I really following Sally? No, I'm not because I'm here. She's down there. If I'm really following Sally, I'm going to walk out with her. I'm going to go to her car. I'm going to run behind her car. Hopefully she won't go too fast. I am following her. Why? If I'm following her, there's going to be action. There's going to be evidence. Listen, if you say, if I say we're following Jesus, but there's no evidence, there's no action, are you really following him? Jesus calls us to follow him because he is the greatest. He is our greatest treasure. And because he's the truth, and this is my commitment I will make to you as long as I stand here before you, because Jesus is the truth, we will always speak the truth here from God's word which is the truth. John 17, 17, sanctify him with thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we will always speak the truth. All of it, when we want to hear it, when we don't. When we like it, and when it's hard. Hey, listen, there are some things in here I don't like. I'm just going to be honest with you. I need to like them, but my flesh doesn't like them. Right? But I need to hear them, because God wants to align me with his truth so I can become more like Jesus. You too. Right? And, uh, we're always going to be in the Word. The Word is our ultimate guide. God's Word is our authority. We sit under it. Okay? It's not my opinion, not the opinion of culture. It's God's Word. It's the final authority. Okay? It's not my experience. God's Word is the final authority. Everything will be matched up against God's Word. I think it was Adrian Rogers who said, it's better to be divided by truth than united by error. I like that because I think it's true. I think it's true. The rest of that says loving and following Jesus and helping others to do the same. Helping others to do the same. We get excited about what Jesus was excited about. And what was he excited about? Reaching people for the kingdom. I've come to seek and save the lost, he said. And so we get excited about that. We get excited about sharing the gospel and about being a witness and telling people about Christ, about inviting them to church and just, just letting them know, hey, there is a God, you matter to him, you can know him. And not listening to the enemy when he whispers in your ear, don't say anything. They'll make fun of you. You don't want to do it. It's a bad experience. It's a hundred years from now, what's going to matter? What's going to matter? 
100 years from now, what will matter is how we lived our life for Jesus Christ. If it matters then, it should matter now. Right? So let's do that. And we're going to encourage one another in that. We're going to pray for one another in that. Because, you know what? It's easy for me to... It's not easy. It's a lot of work. You know, praise God. I love doing it. I get... But to speak in front of people. But to talk to somebody one-on-one about Jesus, I get nervous. I get nervous. Because I've had some bad experiences. I remember one guy... I was down here at a hotel... And, uh, and, and I, was, uh, I, was, I was checking out because we were doing sometimes and having a meeting there or something. And, uh, and the Lord said, hey, you know, you need to, this guy behind the, uh, the counter, you need to witness to him and invite him. Invite him to, uh, to your thing because he was college age and I was running a college thing. And I'm like, hey. So I said, hey, man, just want to let you know. And, and I had this card, right? And uh, like a, a card, a promotion card like we have in the back. Kathy talked about. I said, hey, I just I want to invite you. This is a big guy. He's a big guy. So he's, there's a counter between us, praise God. And, uh, and he... Uh, and, and I hand him this card, and I'm telling him about it. And as he's looking, he's staring at me, and he's crumpling the card in his hand as he's staring at me. And I'm going, okay, all right, there you go. Thank you, amen. I'll see you later. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'm like, I walked out, and I'm like, well, that was a failure. I'm like, hey. but you know what? You know when you fail? is when you don't obey. That's when you fail. That's when we fail, when we don't obey. So, we obey. so you don't know. I don't, I, how, how God used that, I don't know. But you know what? The next time I, I uh, had an opportunity to witness to them, S- Satan brought that to my mind. Because you do that, this, this person's probably going to bring out a knife and, and, and stick it to you. You know, and I'm like, he could be a sleeper cell. I mean, I don't know. These things go through my head, right? And I'm just like, no, man. I, so we want to encourage one another in that because that's what we want to be all about. Listen, in a nutshell, here's what it is, in a nutshell. And I've got that for you thing on your notes so you can fill it in. When we gather together, we want to experience an oasis of God's presence. We want to experience an oasis of God's presence. An oasis is some place where you can get encouraged, where you can get renewed, where you can get uh, refueled, where you can get perspective. It's God's presence that does that. Psalm 1611, you make known to me, you Lord, make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand evermore. You fill me with joy. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. God inspired the psalmist to write those words. He chose those specifically. Full of joy and pleasures at your right hand. The world does not have a, have a you know, the, the, right, the right thought on any of that stuff. God has. He says, I want to fill you with joy. And I want to give you pleasures. Pleasure in my presence. Listen. And we pray for this constantly. And just so you know, I want, I want us to always pray, always pray every time we gather that we have the presence of God. Because you know what? If the presence is God there, no, He is here and we experience it, nothing else matters. And if the presence of God isn't here, nothing else matters. It doesn't. We need to experience God's presence. And then when we leave, second blank for you there is, we want to have a commissioning for God's glory. We want to go out and we want to live boldly for Jesus Mark 16, 15, he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. That is our command. That's our marching orders, to go out and do it. Make it happen. Under God's authority for his glory, let's go. So when we gather together, we want to experience an oasis of God's presence, getting into his word, encouraging one another, learning what he has for us, and then we want to leave and we want to live it out. Everyone here is welcome at Vintage Church of Buffalo. But here's the the thing. We don't want you just to come and sit in your junk and your brokenness. We want you to come 
And together, as we go through God's Word, we want you to be encouraged. We want you to be healed. We want you to be transformed. That's what Jesus wants. So he told the hypocrites. He says, first, clean out the inside. Then the outside will take care of itself. So we don't want to just come and go, yeah, I'm broken. Who cares? God cares. He said, I don't want you to stay there. So we want everyone to come, you know, and be welcome here, experience Jesus, and then go out and live boldly for him. Because that's what life is all about. That's what life is all about. What's your purpose? If you had to, if you had to nail it in one sentence, what's your purpose? Let me tell you what God says it is. Colossians 1.16 says this, All things were created by Him and for Him. By Him and for Him. You were created by God. The same hands that sculpted the mountains and put the intricacies of our universe together and holds them together created you in your mother's womb. Same wisdom. Same God. You were created by Him. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. And two, He created for Him. That's your purpose. That's your why. That's the why of life. If you don't get the why correct, you will never get the what correct. You will never get the why. If you don't get the why of life correct, if you don't know why you're here, then what you're supposed to be doing will never, will never follow in the right path. Because if you don't have the first thing right, then whatever follows is going to be disordered. Right? You understand that? Do we understand that? That's why God says, hey, you're created for me, to live your life for me. Satan wants you to stick other things in that. He wants you, guys, he wants you to stick your job in there. You were created for your job. That's where your identity, that's where your worth comes from. That's where everything is wrapped around there, right there. That's where you need to pin your hope. And God says, no, it's me. Or for you, it might be relationships. If I just get that right relationship, then that's, that's what I got to live for because that's where my hope is and that's where my, my worth is and that's what I feel good about. If I get this person to accept me, then yes, God says no. Maybe it's money or it's position or power. I mean, the world has a whole bunch of stuff they want you to throw in there. And God says, no, I am it. I am the one you're to live for. When you get up in the morning, I'm the one. I'm the reason you should get out of the bed in the morning, to live for me, because I love you and I have a plan for your life. And I'm for you and I'm with you through stuff that just is off the charts you don't understand. But I'm still in the midst of it. Hey, I do a thing called Wednesdays with Wes. It comes out every Wednesday. It's on our website. If you haven't read them, uh, I would encourage you to just read last Wednesdays. It was probably just pretty kind of vulnerable. And I was just being honest. Uh, I always try to be honest, obviously. Um, but it was helpful to a lot of people. So if you haven't checked it out, I hope uh, God can use that. He sure did for me. Um, but God wants us to live for Him. He wants us to live for Him. Listen, if we don't put that in, if we don't have God in there and you put something else in there, you will waste your life at best or you will wreck your life at worst. That's how it's going to work. I have, uh, where's my phone? Let's say I have a nail right here, and I'm trying to pound that nail in with my phone. And you come up, you go, Wes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to hammer this nail in with my phone, and it's busting. It's not working. This phone is stupid. It's awful. And you'd be like, you've lost your mind, man. What has happened to you? Your phone was never designed to be used as a hammer. You're wasting its potential, and you're wrecking it. Your life? My life, we were designed for God. If we don't do that, if we try to use it for something else, we will waste our life and we will wreck it. And anything else you put in that blank will be an idol. And it will own you. And it will ruin you. Because Psalm 16 says, I think it's verse 8, that, uh, that when you run after other gods, your sorrows will increase. When you run after other gods, your sorrows will increase. The very thing that you're trying to get 
is the very thing you won't get because you're running after other gods. You're running after idols. Everything else that you could put in that blank is going to be temporary and eventually will leave. Only God won't. So God says, I want you to live for me. And that is what we want to be about here. That is what we want our church to be about. That's the message we are going to continue to ring out into our lives because it can get lost, man. We can get wrapped up in other things that are important, but sometimes we look at them as ultimate. And God says, that's me, Wes, that's me. And if I try to put something else there, man, I'm, I'm messing with idolatry and it's not going to be good. I'm going to waste my life or wreck it. And so we need to continue to remind ourselves we were created by God for God. And we want to get that message out to everybody. So that brings us to this. I told you a few weeks ago that uh, I want to call us to something. See, because you have an enemy, Satan, that hates you. He wants you to fail. He wants you to compromise. He wants you to give up and he wants you to give in. God wants so much more for you. So here's the question. What do you want? What do I want? And what are we willing to do to position ourselves to experience what God wants for us? We finished a series called Time to Train. And one of the things we talked about in there is the power of fasting. And so I want to call us individually as believers and corporately as a church. If you're a Christian, you're part of the church, Big C, as well as if you're here, I want to invite you to be part of this. I'm calling us to a week of prayer and fasting. Fasting, if you'll remember, is a way that God has given us to say, Lord, I'm so serious about this. Whatever that is, fill in the blank for you. And in fasting, we set aside something important in order to give ourselves to something greater. And so, I want us to give ourselves to a week of fasting and prayer where we seek God for the greater. What is the greater? His glory is the greater. His presence is the greater. Souls for Him is the greater. Our, our vision statement based on Scripture is the greater. We want His name to be made glorious. Final Scripture in Matthew 6. Look at verses 16 through 18. Jesus said, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is, in, who is unseen. And your Father who loves, who, I mean, when your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God loves to reward you. His words, His words, not ours, His words. He wants to reward you. So will you do it? I hope you will. And when fasting, you've got to have a, a plan and a place. So let me help you with the plan. When you walk out of here tonight, you're going to receive a bookmark. This one right here. This is going to launch us into a series next week start, uh, called Connected. How we can abide in Christ and stay connected to Him and bear the fruit that He wants us to bear. And so on this bookmark, there's seven days, and each day has a, a theme that I want to invite you to join me in praying for. And there's some scriptures listed under that theme. Scriptures where uh, examples in the Bible of God's people fasting and praying for that very thing, along with some commands that God wants us to be uh, involved in. So what I want to invite you to do is join me every day starting tomorrow, uh, fast from something, and spend time 
you know, uh, like tomorrow is uh, for confession and, and repentance, where you just get honest with God. Just get honest with God and, and let, uh, listen, God does not have to wrestle uh, to forgive you. He loves you, all right? So spend time with him in that. So in fasting, it, it just, it just as a reminder, um, you get to choose what you fast from. You and God get to choose it. You set apart something important, apart, you know, aside something important in order to give yourself to something greater, all right? And then you use that time to spend time in prayer and worship and just spending time with God. I'll just tell you right now, one of the things, uh, you can fast from all kinds of stuff. You can fast from food. You can fast from screens. Uh, you can you fast from entertainment. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can fast from. Uh, so you get to decide that between you and God. But for me, I'm going to fast from a meal. I love food, and that's important to me. But I want to give myself to something greater. So every day I'm going to fast from uh, a meal. And I'm going to take that time and that energy and that effort that I would give to eating. And during that time, I'm going to spend it instead with praying and seeking God for us, for myself, for my family, for this theme, okay? And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, spend that time fasting and praying God that way. Listen, if you just fast from some, if I was just fasting from food, right, from a meal, but I don't give myself and take that time to spend it in prayer, I haven't really fasted. All I've done is diet, okay? That's all that is. That's dieting. That's not fasting, right? Fasting, biblical fasting, is you get alone with God and you Give something up that's important in order to give yourself to something greater. God has given us fasting as a way to really turn up the volume in our relationship with Him. You only got one life. I only have one life, and God wants us to steward it. And man, I don't want us to miss out what God has for us. So I'm going to invite you and encourage you to join me as we corporately spend a week together fasting and praying we have a lot of needs. We need a building, you know, for our church. We need a building. We need God's presence. We want to see souls. We have a lot of stuff that we want to, want to see happen. But we're going to start right here. All right? So on your way out, you're going, to get, you're going to get one of these. And it's not implanted with a chip or anything like that where I can check out on you, okay? I'm not going to be at headquarters somewhere going, well, let's see. Is, uh, is he really fasting? Is Tom really? I don't know if he's fasting. I don't know what's going on. Hey, Tom, what are you doing? Okay, I see you right now. I'm not doing that, okay? Because it's between you and the Lord. But uh, my encouragement, if you've never done it before, it's awesome. If you have done it before, you know it's awesome. It's not easy because Satan hates it. And I don't know. If Satan hates it, I want in on it, right? So, uh, so that's, that's that. And uh, my encouragement to you is that you, uh, you do that and you spend time fasting and praying so that our church can be everything that God wants it to be. It's His church. And I want Him to be glorified from it. Let's pray together. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. Thank you guys so much for your time. We're going to wrap up real quick. What did God talk to you about? What do you need to do? Take a moment silently. Just respond to Him. Whatever He spoke to you about. Maybe, you know, maybe God really touched your heart because you've not really been living for God. You were created by God for God, but you know what? You've got something else in that blank. And you need to reorder that. Say, Lord, I, I want to put you there. And I, I don't know what it is for you. Um, just take a moment, silently respond to him. If you're here and you've never invited Christ into your life, this is your opportunity. If you don't know you're going to make heaven, this is your opportunity. If you're listening online, this is your opportunity. Say, Wes, I need Jesus. I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. I want to have a relationship with him. If that's you, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer after me. Not out loud, in your heart. Mean these words as your own. 
It's not magic. It's just it's the way God's given us to voice our hearts to him. Silently just say this, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I believe you died for me. You have life to give me. I want it. So I turn from my sin. I repent. I turn to you. Come into my life. I believe in you. I'm all yours. Save me. I am all yours. Heads about eyes closed. No one looking around. If you're here tonight and you prayed that prayer, I want to remember you in a closing prayer. Just lift your hand real quick because I'm like, I want to pray for you. Let's say, Wes, I prayed it. Pray for me, man. If you're listening online, you can go onto our website and uh, there's a way how to know God and it'll give you information on next steps and we'd love to hear from you. Lord, thank you for this truth. I pray that this week will be all that you want it to be for us and that God, you'll absolutely, in our hearts, start a fire. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church at Buffalo podcast. To connect with us and to get more encouraging biblical content, go to vcb.church.